Well, now we're recording, so you have to be good. Oh, behave yourself. That's right. We're recording. Recording. We're recording. Recording. (laughs) All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, last week was Halloween. Yeah, and and it's over. And now it's over. (sighs) But the Halloween uh, season continues with the greatest of the Halloween movies, it's Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers, The Unrated Producer's Cut. The fucking thing has three goddamn titles. That's and it. I know we did Halloween 6 last week. Oh, yes, but this is a special Halloween 6. This is, this is The Producer's Cut, which is actually a very different movie. Yes, and a lot of people haven't seen this one. Right, uh, until not long ago, it was unavailable. Oh, okay. So. It was only available through bootlegs and... Gotcha. Interesting. I didn't know that. Things like that. Yep. So, the, uh, so what this is, for those of you who don't know, um, there were a shit ton of scenes that were cut out and reshot, correct? Yes. Yep. Um, for Halloween Part 6. And this kind of takes the entire Halloween franchise in a different direction. So they cut it to pieces and kept it a more or less just straightforward Halloween movie with Michael Myers killing people. Pretty much this, the producer's cut is the original version of the movie. Yes. And then they saw it and they said, no. No, that's awful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's, let's change everything. Let's change it and we'll make it into an even worse movie. Yes, of course. Why not? As if that was possible. That's that's what you do. When you've got a bad movie, the only thing that you can do is make a worse one. Make it worse. And they went and they reshot the whole thing. But by the time they reshot it, Donald Pleasance had already died, which explains the strange ending. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so, uh, yeah, without any further ado, we're watching this. I don't believe you can get this on any streaming services or anything. No, so, I, I think that the Blu-ray is the only way you can get it. So that's it. We've got the uh, the Blu-ray digital HD Halloween uh, actual disc. So uh, throw that in your whatever the fuck you're watching on. And smoke and it. That's right. And smoke it, ladies and germs. <laughs> All right, and we're going to hit play now. Uh, Is it actually playing? It seems like it's just playing the fucking menu. Uh, The timer's going, but it's just just playing the the menu, yes. All right, so literally the menu is part of the fucking movie at this point. (laughs) That is absolutely ridiculous. What is going on here? Wait a minute. The timer shows 17 minutes. I'm yeah, skipping. what what is that? What the fuck is is this literally is, just, it, is it a 17 minute title screen and that's it? Okay, so let's uh bear with us here ladies. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Okay, let me uh but it I mean it this is very odd. Like it, I mean, you hit play. Yeah, 
Yeah. But it was like play for the title screen. Okay. Let me see what's. Okay. Title this here. I guess this is the one that we want. So load that bitch up now. Oh, an hour and 35 minutes. I think that that'll work. All right. So ladies and gentlemen, um, the, I'm using my computer to play the disc. So it gives me different options so I can watch the, I can just watch the, the, the menu screen on loop for 17 minutes. <laughs> There's another title for ten, a 10 second title, a, a 31 second title, but then there's title main, which is an hour and a half. You yeah. could just watch the, the title screen for 18 minutes and pretty much get everything there is to get out of the movie. And that's still longer than you would want to watch. Oh this yeah. Movie, so this is going to be rough. Um, shout out to Rob Nicholson. This is his favorite horror movie of all time. Oh, I'm sorry. So Rob, if you watch this, I'm really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So ladies and gentlemen, let's hit play again. Now. There we uh, go. Now it's going. All right. Dimension films. I'm, I'm so ho- over Halloween six. Oh, yes. At this point, I, when you came to visit us, we watched this, the producer's cut. And then when we came to see you, we watched Halloween 6 on AMC, and then we watched Halloween 6 for the podcast. Oh, God. Yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> and now we're watching this one again. Oh, that's a different... The yes, a? In, the, in the producer's cut, they used the thorn symbol for the A. Interesting. Yeah. All right, so, uh, Mike, go ahead. Uh, you could explain what's going on here. I'm just trying to look for the subtitle thing for you here. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, so we're in uh, October 30th, 1995. Strange enough, this was the only Halloween movie filmed in the fall. And uh, they've got Jamie on the, the gurney wheeling her through a hospital, boiler room, cult crypt sort of deal what are you messing with well I'm trying to find the fucking options <laughs> button here so they're still wheeling Jamie Not nothing much different from the original Halloween 6 or the theatrical version little bit of an extension here in this introduction scene. So they go from uh, now, now something obvious. I told Mike to talk about that, but so they're, they're walking through like what appears to be a hospital, then a boiler room. And then they're in like a fucking crypt. Yeah. That's, that's what I said. Oh, I didn't, I didn't even fucking, I'm, I'm trying to figure out these fucking subtitles here. <laughs> to no avail though. Oh. And uh, Jamie's giving birth. Yes. Now, if you go by the Halloween timeline, like the in-movie timeline, Jamie would have only been 14 at this point. Yes, but she's like, she's like 28. Yeah, the actress is in her 20s. They were originally going to cast Danielle Harris to do this, but... uh, they wouldn't give her the money that she wanted. Really? Yeah. Huh. 
She was 17 at the time. Good for her. She, you know, sticking to her guns. She wanted $5,000. That's it? Yeah. <laughs> what a joke. And they wouldn't do it. <laughs> wow. Wow, that's really shitty on Dimension Films. Yep. Five grand. So I wonder how much, how little this woman got paid to do this. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, you're not hearing any of that, right, Mike? No, I'm not hearing anything. Six years old. Now you are. And I hear that, yeah. She's sister to death. Now you're so we have uh, Donald Pleasance narrating the, the introduction here. I think in the theatrical version, the introduction is narrated by Ant-Man. Really? Paul Rudd, yeah. Son of a bitch. There's like not an options button here. That's all right. Oh, just right click. Audio subtitle. <laughs> so we've got the Ministry of Darkness. Yes. Baptizing this infant child. My, my, my video froze. Oh, there we go. All right. So yeah, now they're uh, they're dipping this stupid dagger in blood, and they're drawing on the baby. But the baby moves, so now the thorn gets turned into a fucking R. <laughs> An and R. The guy and he, w- he wipes he just, it off. <laughs> yeah. I love how he just like, oh fuck it, I'll just fucking wipe it off. Like. Yeah. It's pretty impressive that they have like a real baby and like the knife and everything and the candles all over. Yeah. And then we get the flashback to part five. Yep. The cowboy flashback. Jamie, come to me. (laughs) Come to me, Jamie. They are packing Myers away. <laughs> they, they kind of give away the plot real early because when the van drives away, you can see that it says Smith's Grove on the side. Oh yeah, <laughs> it tells you they who give the away. Guys s- are. <laughs> they give away so much in this movie; it's not even funny. Like they're basically like just telling you things. Yeah. So you can connect the dots. Yep. All right. So now the nurse helps. Uh, it's This is basically like part six. You know, she's helping the, the baby or sorry, Jamie and the baby escape. Yep. Myers is on his way. way. Yeah. <laughs> Myers was played by two different people in this movie. Really? Yep. Huh. Because they did reshoots, and oh, uh, okay. they, they used a different guy for Myers in the reshoots. <laughs> Odd. Yep. And this is also, uh, I never realized this until I read it the other day. Yep, Halloween 6 is the only Halloween movie that has Donald Pleasance in it, 
where Donald Pleasance or Dr. Loomis and yep. Michael do not interact with each other. Wow. They have no scenes together. They don't appear on screen at the same time at all, and they don't interact with each other once. Wow. Yeah, I, I thought that was kind of strange. Very. Yeah, that's very strange. I never... I, I'm even, like, I understand that it's probably true, because, duh. But, like, I'm going through it in my head, trying to place it, and I'm like, no, he's got to be in a scene with him somewhere. Yeah. Now, I don't know about the producer's cut. Maybe he is. Right. But that I was reading about the the theatrical version. Gotcha. So, we just got our first... Uh, there. Just got our first kill. Yeah. Um, Nurse, the nurse Bob. getting jammed on the spike. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to look up some other interesting tidbits about this movie. Yeah. Since we've already covered, you know, the vast majority of this, it's just yep. obviously the, the movie's a little different. Not, yes. Not we haven't really seen anything s- different yet. Yeah. And it's not scene for scene different. Um, it's just, I guess the story is different. That's all. Uh, yeah, there is a story. Yes. That's the, the, the problem with the theatrical version of Six is there is no story. Correct. It's, it's just I mean, there, there. there is, but it's very confusing and jumbled. Yes, there. No, she falls with the baby. Of course. On the baby. <laughs> Fuck that baby. She's like, oh, thank God I had this baby to break my fall. Yeah. What are you doing in my truck? <laughs> and Myers busts his neck. So, there, there are two different... There are two different... Sorry. Three different versions of this movie. Okay. I just, I'm reading this now. Uh, there's the producer's cut. That's what we're watching now. Mm-hmm. There is also a director's cut. Okay. Um, let's see. The producer's cut. Obviously, that's what we're watching. And there's the explanation. Um, I'm trying to see if I see anything about a director's cut. Well, it doesn't say, but it says uh, the pro- the producer's cut is the best known. However, a director's cut also exists with footage cut by the MPAA. Oh, okay. So that one has some of the kills taken out. Yeah. Or, or some of the kills put back put, in. Put back rather. in, rather. Yeah. 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 Let's see. Uh, until the producer's cut was included in the official complete collection box set, released by Scream Factory in Anchor Bay in 2014. So that's when it's the first time that it was ever available. Yeah. So this is an added scene. His mother scaring the boogeyman boogeyman out of the room. I read uh, something interesting that uh, there are fans who think that 
the the little boy here yes is actually the the child of uh, asshole dad oh okay like uh an an incestuous thing how the hell does that come about i i don't know i was reading a theory about it (laughs) i i really don't think it was intended to be that way but i don't even know where it would cut like where where you're getting that not where you're getting it i mean where other people people would figure that out yeah yeah And this extended scene. Just trying to see if I find any uh, interesting tidbits here. Where are you looking? Oh, I'm just just perusing the internet. Mm. Oh God. Here's something that says, why the producer's cut is the superior version. <laughs> I mean, I guess to, just for for actually having a story and maintaining a legit flow. Yeah, I mean, my my problem with the producer's cut, not, not really my problem with it. I, I don't know that it's a superior movie. It's kind of a trade-off, in my opinion. Like, you're, you're getting a story. Right. Uh, a, a story that's not in the theatrical version, so the movie makes sense more. Oh, yeah, 100%. But I mean, the, the story is really stupid. The story's dumb, but at least it's complete. Right, because, there's a complete story, a bad story, and it makes the movie a lot longer. Yeah. <laughs> so but it's the kind problem, of a trade-off. And the problem is, to me, for the... Uh, like for the theatrical version is that like it's literally it it makes no sense like when you watch it it's you just have to like turn your fucking brain off Mm -hmm. and i mean we discussed all that in the last one but oh yeah but like you said it's a trade-off like well you get a story it's an awful fucking story but at least you're not like what (laughs) <laughs> right, it's not as confusing. Yeah. So now we see uh, Doctor Loomis's house with an extended shot of his library, library and living room. He uh, originally, like yeah, he does. They wanted uh, Howard Stern to play Barry Sims, the radio guy. Oh yeah. And he he turned it down. Yeah, because he probably wanted too much money. Probably. I mean, if they won't give Danielle Harris five thousand dollars, yeah, I'm sure they weren't willing to pay for uh, for Howard Stern, mm-hmm. which he was uh, maybe not the height of his popularity here. What was this, 1995? Yeah, right. So, yep. Yeah, not the height of his popularity, but he was fucking popular, so they would have been fucking paying for him. So the, the original title of the movie was Halloween Six Six Six: The Origin of Michael Myers. Okay. Uh, and there are even existing ad prints and early trailers with that title. Really? Later, it became Halloween 6, and finally, Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers. 
Wow. I'd like to see those uh, those adverts and stuff. Yeah. So we get Dr. Wynn. Yes. I had surgery. Plastic surgery, Michael. Skin grafts. It cost a fortune. They just didn't <laughs> want to use the prosthetics. Right. They didn't want to spend the money on the makeup. That's right. All comes down to the money. Most people don't know that Dr. Wynn is in the original. Not this actor. But oh, the character of like, Dr. Wynn really? yeah. is, is in the original. He's the one who walks out of the hospital with Sam. Yeah, and he's like, oh, well, how do you know where he's going or something? And he's like, oh, maybe somebody taught him how to drive. Right. And in the producer's cut, Dr. Wynn says, I even taught him how to drive. Interesting. So this movie, Halloween 6 had the biggest opening weekend of the entire series until the most recent one, 2018. Wow. Yeah, go figure. (laughs) That's so sad. All right, so we have Jamie just getting to the bus depot here. Really nothing different so far in terms of story. Yeah, no, not too much. A couple added scenes here, a couple added scenes there. See, original Halloween 666 poster. You said posters existed? Uh, ad prints, yeah. Okay. Yeah, the origin of Michael Myers. Hmm. Yeah. Yep, and it had like the thorn and. Ugh. Fucking awful. Yeah. So this is this actually uh, explains something that we brought up in the original version. Um, it says when Jamie called for help, she originally said, "They're after me and my baby." Um, the line was truncated, but provides a viable explanation. Uh, as to how Tommy knew about the existence of a baby. Oh, okay, yeah, because yeah, in the in the theatrical when we did it, she doesn't say that. She's just right. like Loomis. If you're out there, I need help. And right. then Tommy goes to the fucking bus station and finds a baby. Like, yeah, uh, what? that's what it, that's what it and says. He's just Tommy like, discovers oh, the trail of blood at the bus station. He immediately makes the connection and realizes yeah. whose child it is. All right, so Dr. Loomis just explained that he had a stroke. Which then that that uh, that explains the whole walking with a cane and everything. Mm-hmm. Which we don't get that in the theatrical version. Right. He's, in the theatrical version, he's just a decrepit old man. <laughs> yeah, who's just retired. That's He's just fucking old. Yep. That's it. Nothing, nothing special. So, yeah, this was Paul Rudd's film debut. It was filmed uh, before Clueless. Yeah, yeah. 
something else that's interesting. It says, most of the cast and crew disowned this movie. On the Halloween 25 Years of Terror DVD, they stated that the studio producers and director interfered and argued to the point of ridiculousness, which resulted in a very poorly directed and edited film. Wow, they originally wanted Brian Andrews, who played the original Tommy Doyle in the 78, to be Tommy Doyle in this. Oh, okay. Yep. Yep. Um, But uh, he didn't, uh, Brian Andrews didn't have an agent. They didn't know how to get in touch with him. Okay. So Jamie's still at the bus station with the yep. baby. I think this is a little bit of an extended this is, scene. Oh, here. yeah. And the lights all go out at the bus station, which is fucking odd. I understand that it's like Myers. He, like, cuts the power, but nobody in the bus station is like, uh, what's going on with the power? Yeah. And obviously nobody else got murdered at the bus station. Myers looks so weird there. In that I don't shot. even see anybody else at the bus station. No. So there was a, apparently a, a contest between New Line and Miramax for who was going to... Uh, make the worst horror movie of the year. Make this film. Oh, and, okay. And Miramax won the bid for it. Hmm. <laughs> And I imagine it was like a, a lower and lower bid sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Who was willing to make it for the least amount of money? Who would make it for the least? Now Jamie's out of the bus station. Driving the pickup truck again. Wow. Um, all right, so to, to uh, go on with your, uh, your thing about the $5,000 for, yeah. for Daniel Harris. Mm-hmm. So it says, Daniel Harris wanted to reclaim her role as Jamie, but turned it down when Dimensions refused to pay her the five grand she wanted. Harris stated in an interview that when her agent learned that filmmakers were looking to cast an actress who was at uh, at least 18 years old to play Jamie in the film, she was only 17, but wanted to do the movie enough that she got herself illegally emancipated from her parents at the suggestion of filmmakers so that she could work longer hours without having to go to school. Harris spent time and thousands of dollars on the legal process, but ultimately turned down the film uh, due to her own dissatisfaction with her character's story and Dimension's refusal to pay her salary that would have recovered the legal fees. She also stated that she eventually met and befriended J.C. Brandy, who took over the role as Jamie in the film and was treated poorly on set because Harris turned down the role. <laughs> so they're like, they're like, hey, you should get legally emancipated so we can work you longer hours and you can be in this movie. And she's like, okay. So she does it all, and she's like, cool, just pay me $5,000. That, that'll cover my legal fees. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't think so, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little ridiculous. Oh, it is, yeah. 
Well, so now, now uh, Jamie's at the barn. Yes. And this is a this is a very different scene. Yes. In the theatrical, Michael chases her like through the barn, kind of stalks her, not chases her. Yep. Stalks her through the barn. She falls on the lawn, uh, the the farm equipment. Yep. Um, and Michael turns the the machine on, and it like, I don't know, like grinds her up. Right now, Jamie just you don't even see her get stabbed. She, no, you just hear the the stab. Right, and uh, this is the point in the theatrical where Jamie dies, but in the producer's cut, she survives for a a bit more. Oh yeah, because she's in the hospital then, right? Right. Yep. Right. So, uh, listen to this. Okay. It is highly speculated by fans that Kara's father, John, is actually the father to Danny, his grandson. Because in the producer's cut, he pulls out a picture of Kara at work and says very aggressively, Happy Halloween, little girl, almost being sexually aggressive. As John is known to speak his mind a lot about things, never holding back. However, he hesitates a bit when he calls Danny a little bastard. Not because he knows it'll make Kara angry with him, but because it's his son. And deep down, he knows it, because Kara left for five years, not explaining why to her family. She pops back up, and John sees the five-year-old boy and knows deep down that it's his kid. Um, This also explains later how Kara knew that Stephen was Michael's baby, because Michael was to Jamie what John was to Kara, a family relative who did something they really shouldn't have done, but did because they were under the influence, Michael under the cult or the curse of Thorn, while John was an alcoholic. That's that's so that that's that's what people use <laughs> to to justify that. Now, see, I I could say to that argument, um, at least I would have to see the scene where he says "Happy Halloween, little girl." We'll see um, it in a bit. I think. Yes, exactly. Um, but as far as like when he calls when he calls uh, Danny the a bastard, mm-hmm. to me the hesitation is because he. He's saying it not just to his mother. He's saying it to his mother, which is his daughter, in front of the fucking child. Right, and he's not that bad of a guy. Yeah. That's so how it's I like, always took it. Like, correct, it, it, like, it even made him uncomfortable. Yeah, like he goes to say it, and he stutters it, and then says it anyway. I don't, right. I don't think of it like, oh, well, that's my kid, and I just said that. Like, no, I'm, I think of it like, listen, I'm going to call your son a bastard. It's like, oh, fuck, he's like right here in front of me. Like, that's just as hurtful to the child, and, and you're doing it in front of the fucking kid. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like being a step-parent, and behind closed doors, you argue with your wife or whatever, and you're like, ah, it's not even my fucking kid. Not my, you know, that's not even my daughter. Mm-hmm. But you don't say that in front of the child because it makes the child feel so awful and worthless. Right. So, yeah, I don't... Yeah, as I don't far think as, it was intended. I mean, no, you'd have as to far ask as the, the filmmakers. Bastard, of course. As far as the bastard scene, I don't read into it like that. I just no, read into I, it I like... No, I never did either. No, just... He wants, he goes to say something and he realizes it's fucked up and he says it 
any way to hurt the mother, mm-hmm. his uh, his daughter. Right. So does this guy actually eat this fucking stuff? I think so. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's his. I, I it's think his he protein lets, uh, shake. Yeah, he lets Danny try it first, and yeah, then he drinks that. it. There's a uh, Simon. Simon. <laughs> no, Theodore. Isn't oh, it's Simon. Simon's, no, the, Simon's the Simon's the mother. Simon's the mother. <laughs> this is my mother, Simon. <laughs> Shit hands. <laughs> He's all proud of himself yeah. for scaring some I children. I showed those kids. <laughs> He kind of reminds me. He kind of reminds me of Heather's father, my my father-in-law, Kevin. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I that actress I know from somewhere else. Oh yeah. All right. So hold on. Here comes this scene, the bastard scene. So, you know, evidently she got pregnant at some point. Yeah. And that's when she left home. Yeah, I feel that it was it I don't I don't look at it like uh like you said, like the incestual. Right. To me it's you got fucking pregnant when you were 16 and I said you need to have an abortion and you said no and I said, "Well, if you're living under my fucking house or my roof, then you need to listen to my rules and you fucking left. Yeah, his his eyes even look down. Yeah, like like I don't want to say it. Yeah. And then he decks her. Right. <laughs> He's like Sean woman Connery. Just needs a good slap. <laughs> <laughs> I got Uncle Joe mother. <laughs> Oh, Alex Trebek died too. Yeah, I know. Jesus, Celebrity what Jeopardy is, is gone. <laughs> Everybody's gone. But yeah, that's that's how I look at it. That she got pregnant, they tried to do something about it, and she left. Probably right. to run away with the baby daddy, and then that didn't work out. So then she's like, "All right, you know what? We'll go home." And, of course, the dad's pissed because it's like, oh, you wanted to be tough and fucking leave, and now you want to come back and, you know, with that fucking kid. Right. Yep. It's baby daddy. It's the baby. <laughs> it's the bobby daddy. The booby. The booby looby. The looby daddy. <laughs> booby doody. <laughs> uh, another uh, little tidbit here. It says uh, Daniel Farrens, uh, which was the either director or producer here, um, suggested that the film be called The Curse of Michael Myers due to the troubled production. Yeah, I I heard that. (laughs) I can believe it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
Danny, you know Grandpa didn't really hurt me, right? Yeah, right. I know, Mom. And she's that's bleeding that's out of her nose. Running out of her nose, yeah. Grandpa didn't really hurt me. This scene wasn't in the theatrical. No. No, there's it, a very, it, there's it a very short scene. Yeah. You don't get a lot of depth of character in the theatrical. They nope. they don't interact with each other much. No. No, it's the theatrical becomes a Michael Myers movie, and it's just here are people that can die. Right. Here, this isn't in the original either. Yeah. Or the theatrical. And just there, like the mother even says, like, oh, this isn't about what she's done. And I, I mean, I guess if you're grasping at straws, I can see where that line where he says she's not my daughter anymore. Mm-hmm. She's my lover. From. Correct. Correct. <laughs> like, that's not my daughter anymore because I fucked that up when I had sex with her. But I, that's not how I take it. No, and I take it. I take it. Fuck that. She's not my daughter. She wants to talk to me. She wants to talk to me like that in my own fucking house. Call me a bastard. That's not my fucking daughter. Fuck her. Yep. That's how I take it. A pissed off father, which makes sense because he was already pissed off when she was 16 and pregnant. Right. He <laughs> was like, get the fuck out of my house. Yeah. So uh, the old lady who owns the boarding house across the street, her name is Mrs. Blankenship. Yes, just like Kenny and, uh, Blankenship from yeah. Most Extreme Elimination Challenge. But this this says here, uh, the name of Mrs. Blankenship is a reference to Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, in which Ellie says her father had an appointment with Minnie Blankenship. Hmm. Interesting. It's all connected. All connected. Now we've got uh, Tommy Doyle is a fucking detective now. Yep, Tommy's Tommy's heading to the bus station. Detective Doyle. <laughs> you got a fucking bus around here? <laughs> Not a dog. Not a dog. Bus. We've got the, the bus depot guy. Looks like he should be singing for a flock of seagulls. Oh, see, I thought he looked like he's part of the fucking, like, Hitler youth. <laughs> Man, maybe he is. <laughs> Aren't you looking for someone? We can help you find them, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's the number stamped on the arm? <laughs> I'll say a Jew. <laughs> Because we can find them very good. <laughs> Blood all over the carpet. We already spoke about that. Yeah. <clears throat> so this is uh, this is a neat observation. Jamie knows how to drive, despite having been held prisoner since a very young age. Um. Is that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she. That's right. That's right. I was going to say, well, was she, though? But she's kidnapped right. at the end of five and apparently held in this fucking cult tomb thing mm-hmm. until she's 25. <laughs> yeah. 
just like Michael inexplicably knew, despite yes. having been institutionalized since he was six years old. He just read books about driving. He did. <laughs> driving for dummies. Driving Miss Daisy. All right, we already talked about how the baby's in there. It didn't make any noise. Nobody else has come into this bathroom. Yeah. So for anybody that wants to hear our commentary on the movie, like shot by shot, like we normally do, please just watch the part six, the theatrical. I'm not right. going to go through and say the same goddamn stuff right. again. Yep. You know, this is more like I would rather talk about this movie as what it is. Yeah. You know, um, just for anybody that's keeping track on the time, we haven't hit pause at all. We're at thirty five oh five. Yeah. So just they're so. finding Jamie in the barn. Yep. She's and alive. Her eyes, yep. Her eyes are moving. Yep. So that's different from the theatrical. Yes. How, how does how does Michael burn that giant symbol into the hay? <laughs> perfectly, might I add. I know. Without the rest of the hay just going up. He's got like a giant branding iron. That's what it looks like. Yeah, it is so perfectly done. It doesn't look like a fucking burn. Yeah. I like how the police are all pissed off. Oh, yeah. They're like, you people have no business here. And I love how he's like, oh, he's like, oh, that's the way it's going to stay. Nobody's going to talk about Michael Myers. Like, you do know that, like, that just never works. You guys know that you've tried that multiple times. You never listen to Dr. Loomis when he fucking shows up. Yeah. Yeah, they're like, you You people don't belong here. This is none of your business. And Sam goes, Michael, this is my business. <laughs> like, Not really. Not really. <laughs> retired. You, you retired. That means you, like, kind of stop doing those things. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Something else here now that we got a little, little more tidbits. As a result of Donald Pleasance's death, as well as creative differences between Joe Chappelle and the producer, uh, and an allegedly bad test screening of the original work, the famous producer's cut, reshoots were done, as well as lots of editing, to the anger of most of the cast and crew. Many vowed never to make another Halloween movie again after all the changes. And none of them ever did. <laughs> yep. Nobody in this movie is in any other movies. Mainly because Donald Pleasance died. <laughs> yeah. This was the second Halloween film to go straight to VHS in Australia. Oh, wow. <laughs> Interesting. I don't know what the the fascination with the couple making out there is. Um, I It didn't come up on the subtitle. There's a scream. And that gets her attention. Yeah, she's walking and she hears, ah, and she turns and it's like the boyfriend, like putting his hands on her. Yeah. It just feels like the camera stays with that, that couple for a, a while. little long. Yeah. Yeah. Here's Tommy. So this is, this is a scene that's not correct. Is this, this isn't in the, uh, this massive stretched out scene with Loomis. Is this in the theatrical? Uh, so far, yeah, where he goes in here and he says, get me a doctor. Yeah, but I thought the scene where Loomis is in the hospital as well and then he sees, Lo like, all of this stuff. The, I don't think this is, no, this isn't in because they're talking about Jamie being in the hospital. 
Right. Here, where he notices Loomis and he knows him from behind, is in the theatricals. Yep. So there, which, there's parts which, in this conversation that are now added it in. It doesn't make any sense in the, you're Tommy Doyle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> he the, tells him all this stuff. <laughs> um, In the theatrical, with obviously this scene being here because, um, because Jamie is injured, not dead. Mm-hmm. There's no reason for Loomis to be in the hospital. No, there, there really isn't. <clears throat> and like this, so these were uh, edits because right here he said, if she's to die. Right, yep. And obviously in the theatrical, she's already dead. Mm-hmm. I don't know, there's relatives of the people who adopted Lori living in the Myers house. Maybe <laughs> tonight the campus rally. <laughs> Tommy just skulks away. I like you're, you're Tommy Doyle. <laughs> I like how the the doctor or the the nurse, the receptionist, was coming mm-hmm. with like two officers. There's diaper pants. <laughs> Look at her. <laughs> She's she got can... the thickest depends that they oh can my make. God. I picture your mother dressing like that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry, Bernara. Uh, <laughs> not really. Um, <laughs> fuck up. Oh, the the uh, the receptionist comes towards him with two cops, and he like skulks away with the baby, and nobody tries to stop. Like they don't like run after him. Like, hey, hey, wait up! Or right, anything, yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. All right, so now I'm going to take notice. So she's got the box. Yeah. So she brings the box with the axe downstairs because we the, spoke about to the this. basement. Yes, mm-hmm. we spoke about this in the in the theatrical when she kind of freaks out when she looks at the box. But now it makes sense because she brought the whole fucking thing to the basement, and then when she comes downstairs from the second floor, it's sitting. In the like by the staircase, right? And why would Michael bring the whole crate back up? That doesn't, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. If he just wants the axe. I just need the axe. I'll bring the whole fucking box up, <laughs> paint cans and all. Now, not this scene, but the death in the basement of the dad is is something that's different. Hmm. <clears throat> So, She's got her wet laundry. Got the smoothie sitting there the on the table. The, the iron, yeah. The smoothie is that what you said? <laughs> yeah. What's that from? Uh, Patriot Day. <laughs> she hit me with a smoothie. That's right. <laughs> she hit you with a fucking drink? No, a smoothie, like you smooth your clothes with. <laughs> Are you talking about an iron, you fucking idiot? <laughs> So now Simon starts wandering through the house, and we we spoke about this in the theatrical. Yeah, yeah. Mrs. Strode, is everything all right? 
Who are you? I came to help your family. He gives her those big smile. puppy dog eyes. Right? He looks like a bloodhound <laughs> with his sagging jowls. <laughs> the big circles under his eyes. <laughs> like Vince McMahon eyes. Yeah. His eyes always look wet. Yep. <laughs> so there were multiple scripted endings. Okay. Including one where Kara, Tommy, and the baby ended up back at the bus station only to see Kara and the baby disappear, leaving Tommy holding the bag and looking guilty for much of what had happened. <laughs> Another one saw Dr. Wynn fly away on a helicopter, only to have it explode due to a bomb in his bag. Oh, my God. <laughs> that would have been amazing to see. <laughs> that, that would have been the best ending they could have done. I mean, oh, the movie is so ridiculous. They would as yeah. well have just done it. Yeah, just fucking go way over the top. <laughs> Um, to go on with your, uh, you're your talking about the script here. Um, the original script was far more moody and psychological than the final draft. After reading the script, one of the execs at Dimension Films could not sleep that night and therefore called Farron's immediately and told him that, that they wanted to go forward with it. Donald Pleasance himself supported the original script and immediately signed on to make the film, only to find out the script was being rewritten. <laughs> <laughs> The movie is just fucking trash. So I wonder if, with with saying rewritten, I wonder if the if the producer's cut is the original script, or if the producer's cut is the rewritten script. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So she just. She just found out that Jamie was found outside Haddonfield stabbed. But she's in this, like, we get a quick glimpse of her in the operating room or the, the emergency room, rather. Mm-hmm. And, like, the doctor just pulls this giant kitchen knife out of her chest. Yeah, as if they didn't know it was in there. And just there. looks at it like, huh. Well, that's the problem. All right, so now here's the scene. Where, uh, oh, there's Michael. He looks Michael very short the right there. <laughs> He's a little stumpy. So, she's arguing with her husband. And... And obviously those are some... <laughs> You've lost it, Deborah. You've lost it. You knew. <laughs> Psycho. She's so fucking psychotic. You She's knew. like giggling. <laughs> <laughs> you knew. You knew. <laughs> and, now, and now you're going to die too, John. <laughs> so here's... here's uh, this is the scene. I think this this is the scene. Right? So he, where he looks at the picture. Yep. There's that sad looking pumpkin. <laughs> now that scene he says, Happy Halloween, little girl. 
and he yeah. slams his drink back. But I, I, I don't, I don't even know how to take that scene. Yeah, I, I don't know. I always just, <clears throat> I took it as like he's got the picture, so he still kind of cares about her. But like to pick it up after that, like. Almost like he is he is he blaming her for the for the mother being a loon? Maybe it's hard to say. But like the way that he says it doesn't seem like ugh, yeah, happy Halloween. Yeah, like I don't know. It's just a very odd scene. Yeah. Now we have mom running through her own yard. Doesn't doesn't know how to doesn't know how to get out of the yard. Doesn't know how to get out of the yard. She forgot that there's a fence around the whole fucking property. Yep. And somehow she knows Michael Myers. There's and that's ma- the end of Simon. That's it. So all all that's left now is Garfunkel. Yep. I got Uncle Joe mother. <laughs> hey, too soon. <laughs> <laughs> so you have a uh you've got the cowboy wearing a fucking stocking mask like he's about to rob a bank. <laughs> yeah. They don't want us to know who he is yet. Yeah. And then we spoke about this with the whole Tommy Doyle Dropping, crushing the pumpkin in 1978. Now Tommy Doyle makes the little boy crush the pumpkin here. Yep. All right, so that's Danny. Let's see. Danny's subplot is left unresolved. He was hearing voices, and it is implied that he was also targeted by the Thorn Cult. In the early versions of the script, this storyline would actually be concluded with Danny stabbing Kara to death in precisely the same bathroom that Jamie took refuge. So in the the bus station. Oh, okay. The studio deemed this ending too dark and the script was rewritten. (laughs) I love how the, the studio deemed it too dark, even though in 1978, a child murders his sister. Yeah. And then Jamie stabs her mother yeah but they're like all right no 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 that's that's far too dark now even though it's been done twice before (laughs) so the the studio deemed this ending too dark um the final script has dr Wynn escaping at the end and kidnapping danny planning to turn him this was meant to set up a seventh halloween film but this was scrapped in favor of providing closure Thank God. <laughs> Both the theatrical and producers got have Tommy, Kara, and Danny escaping with the baby. However, there is still a hint of the abandoned ending, since Dr. Wynn is never explicitly shown dying during the climactic massacre. Correct, which we spoke about. Yeah. So you, you're seeing, like, when you watch the end of the theatrical version, you're seeing, like, four different endings all kind of pasted together. Ugh. It's so bad. Like, you don't find out what happens to Dr. Wynn. 
You don't find their out what happens to Danny. Their refrigerator is in the fucking like their like pantry closet. <laughs> That's weird. Anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, you, just... you don't find out what happens to Doctor Wynn. You don't find out what happens to Danny. You don't Michael, find out what you happens just... to Loomis. Right. You hear Loomis like laughing and screaming and in the screaming, background, and you don't know what happens to Michael because no, just his walking his away, mask right? is left laying there. You don't yeah. see what happens. Oh, to that's him. right. Yeah. Yep. You know, unlike the the producer's cut with the magical eggcorns. Yes. But and, we'll we'll get to that later. And Michael Myers getting undressed. Right. Yeah. We'll get to that <laughs> soon. Actually, we're not like, soon enough. Over not halfway through. No, halfway not soon there, enough. Though. We're halfway there. Yeah. Halfway there. Halfway, halfway there. there. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, that's just that sad pumpkin. <laughs> it looks like Jr. <laughs> so behind Kara, you can see the the cowboy, the hat, and the the jacket. Right. I don't, so I don't the... know if that's put there for you to see that like oh like he's here or he's always in the house or something like that or if it's like they were just like oh we want a coat rack and they just threw shit there not realizing that it's like like yeah nobody's gonna pick up on that that's kind of how i take it that they were like just just put shit on the coat rack yeah here throw throw your costume up there while we're not filming you it's kind of like the Myers mask. There's a jumpsuit on it. Yeah. <laughs> this is also the, uh, I believe this is the first Halloween. Uh, let's, Loomis is last Halloween, but it's the first mm-hmm. one where Loomis isn't in the tan trench coat. Right. Yep. This one, he's in like the gray wool jacket. Yeah. He's, he's very elderly. He's cold. He's cold. He's old. He's old and he's cold. He's old and he's cold. <laughs> So very full of mold. <laughs> Go downstairs. Yeah, but Tommy's my new friend. I don't give a fuck. You're just sitting here playing Game Boy. You're not playing with Tommy. So shut your little mouth, Daniel. Yeah. You little bastard. <laughs> Mrs. Blankenship's watching the Phantom of the Opera. Still. So uh, here's another here's another little tidbit. Um Excuse me. Daniel Ferens has said his initial intent for Halloween 6 was to bridge the later films, 4 and 5, in the series to the earlier films, 1 and 2, while at the same time taking the story into new territory so that the series could expand for future installments. So how in the fuck... That's his intent. How the fuck does he bridge... Four and five and one and two. I don't really think they need to be bridged. Neither do I. It's already explained in four and five. Right, yeah. Like, M- Michael Burns at the end of two, and he's Michael Dot yeah, Michael Burns like at the, the end of two and the burn Michael, unit at the beginning of four. Yeah. So there's your bridge there. And then as far as like, oh now he's after Jamie Lloyd. Because she's Laurie Strode's daughter. Mm-hmm. So that's it. The only thing I could think is that they're trying, like, well, why is he after her daughter? Like, what's the reason? And it's like, oh, 
because there's this curse on him where he has to kill his family. And so obviously he's just constantly trying to destroy his bloodline. Right. So I guess in that sense, that's it. Mm -hmm. Because it gives you a why as to, you know, him trying to kill Jamie. Right. Yeah. So, all right. I, I get that. Yeah, there's a. I got. I got quite a, quite a large amount of uh, trivia and tidbits here. Yeah, I'm looking over quite a bit too. What are you, What are you on? Uh, I uh, right now I've gotten onto uh, Internet Movie Database. That's That's where I am too. Yeah, they've got a lot of stuff. They got a lot here. It's great. Yeah. So I'll uh, I'll give another one here while we're. Oh, here this is. Well, this is a different scene. Right. Yeah. This yeah. This is added in. Yeah. So there's the. Uh, Jamie's now having like the the flashbacks of yep. being brought down down the elevator at a hospital through the boiler room into the the fucking tomb. Now this and, is this is when she's um, impregnated. Yes. Yeah, so now she's put on an altar of thorn, and they're caressing her face. And, and here comes Daddy. <laughs> that's it. Michael stands up on the altar. And the camera is shot where Michael comes up. Michael comes up and her uh, his head is between her legs. The camera's shot. Yep. And then the next scene, you're staring up her dress. And then she says, Michael, please don't hurt me. So it's, it's greatly implied that... That she was raped. Yeah, right. That the baby is Michael's. Yeah. And now Jamie is murdered in her bed. Right. So we very small amounts of blood for being shot in the fucking head. Right. So they they let Jamie live just so they can bring her to the hospital and kill her. Which doesn't make any sense. I don't know why Michael wouldn't have just killed her. Right. Uh, Tommy has a pile of meatballs. Frozen meatballs. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me that didn't look like a pile of frozen fucking meatballs. It did. Uh, I was thinking chestnuts. (laughs) uh, Yes, it it looks like some very poor quality meatballs. Yeah, that's some, yeah. Like Stouffer's meatballs. (laughs) Um, So that, that scene is added in where he's got the runes. Yes. Yep. Because um, in the theatrical version, the, the meatballs don't show do anything. Don't show up. No, he just, he just talks about this runes, right? He talks about the runes and the thorn and he talks about all the evil in the yep. theatrical. Yeah. This, this scene right here, everything he's saying is in the theatrical. Just him playing with the meatballs is the the additional. Right. Yep. Yeah. The meatballs were not in the theatrical. Nope. Um, let's see. We gotta read you another little tidbit. Yeah. Uh, in early '95, after filming and editing was completed, Halloween Six was given a test screening, which, as described by actress Marion Hagen, consisted primarily of 14-year-old boys. During the Q&A afterwards, one of them expressed great displeasure at the ending of the film, which entailed entailed a Celtic ritual and passing on the Curse of Thorn to Dr. Loomis. This led to reshoots to craft a new ending, but there was a big problem. Donald Pleasance could not be present for them on account of having died in February. Not only was a new ending shot anyway, 
but over 25 minutes of other footage was changed as well, leaving gaping plot holes that rendered the film nearly incomprehensible. And yeah, that, agreed. And that is the theatrical version. Yeah, and it is. I mean, the it theatrical is. version is a nightmare. Yeah, just just like what we've... You've heard us pod about it and stuff. Um, it's... Uh, yeah, it's just like a... You can watch it, and if you don't try to understand it, then it's then it works. Mm-hmm. It's just Michael just killing people for fucking killing people's sake. Right, exactly. And the, you know, there's there's remnants of a of a story in there. Yeah. <laughs> How could you? Jamie's uterus was hemorrhaging and it's placental <laughs> fluid. So there, I estimate she gave birth no more than 24 hours ago. Look at Loomis's hair in the back. <laughs> uh, you might not be able to see it now, but it's like so disheveled looking. <laughs> He's a fucking mess. He is. He was well, he was ready to die. They filmed this in the fall and he was dead in February. Yeah. God damn. Oh, I never knew that. Deborah and John Strode were named after Deborah Hill and John Carpenter, who produced the first three films. Obviously, oh, yeah. I knew Deborah Hill and John Carpenter did it, but I didn't know that that's where they got the names. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Huh. That's a that's a cool little fact. Yep. I think uh, Mrs. Blankenship's speech here about Halloween is probably the most captivating thing. Oh <laughs> yeah, the entire movie. Yeah, she, I, I like it. It's a it's a good monologue. Yeah, and it's it's set up well um, over the uh, like the campus party. Right. Yep. He says he's they they both say boogeyman, but they spell it bogeyman. Bogeyman. Yeah. Boogerman. Boogerman. Booger. Boogerman. Producer, well, hold on. producer Paul Freeman and director Joe Chappelle reportedly rewrote the ending on set, even from shot to shot as production deadlines loomed large. Freeman also sent the crew home when crucial scenes needed to be shot, deleting scripted scenes indiscriminately, rewrote dialogue and action sequences, and took it upon himself to direct second unit shots as well as well supervised the post-production phase of the original cut and made a series of blunders that resulted in Miramax taking control of the film, ordering more reshoots. (laughs) (laughs) The movie was just a disaster. Yeah. Oh, in the background, you see a Frankenstein there. Uh, My mother had that Frankenstein. Like, when I was a kid, we had that Frankenstein. Oh, like the the paper? Yeah. Frankenstein. Yeah, the posable or the... The pivoting shoulders. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
That was a great decoration. Yeah, they're they're cool. I have uh, the mummy version of that. Yes. Yep. That's what you were saying. Yep. When Michael was chasing Tommy Caradani and baby Steven down the hallway, Michael was played by Michael Lerner. The Smiths Grove doctor running from Michael was, was also Michael Lerner's real life father. <laughs> so now nice. John's home. Yep. John just got home. Nothing different. Wasted. Here. Yep. Looking for a daughter to have sex with. Yep. And a wife to yell at. Yep. Uh, a Simon act- to, but he says to beat she up. She actually left. And out goes the lights. <laughs> Although Daniel Ferens thinks both versions of the pil- film are poor, he considers the producer cut to be superior. <laughs> it's definitely superior. It is... It is the better tasting piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it it's is. It's still piece of shit. And it oh, still yeah. tastes awful. The other one just tastes more awful. Yep. That's a good way to put it. Yep. All right. So uh, John's scene in the basement is uh, slightly is different. different. Yep. And it's funny because the the kills in the producer's cut are actually less graphic. Yeah, the theatrical has more gore. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, is this the exploding head? No, the exploding head is Is in the the theatrical version. Yep, so in the theatrical, he gets impaled by the crowbar onto the, the breaker box. The breaker box, and then his head blows up. Right. Okay. In this I, one, I believe he just gets impaled into the breaker box and just gets electrocuted. And just gets electrocuted. No exploding head. Well, that's not very realistic. Everybody no. knows. Everybody knows that your head explodes. Everybody's nose explodes. <laughs> Everybody's nose explodes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh. During production, improper storage destroyed the Halloween six masks, hmm. leaving only two remaining. Wow. Yeah. I wonder where they are currently. I don't know. So the Halloween Michael six come... mask isn't terrible looking. No. So that's it. So Michael stabs him with the crowbar. <laughs> Look how hunched up Michael is. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and And John looks like a dummy well not there but when he was getting electrocuted like yeah you could you tell could, it's like a fucking it wasn't fake him. dummy yeah <laughs> yeah and that's it very very uh plain kill yeah yep they have the worst frankenstein and bride of frankenstein costumes <laughs> oh my god yeah like, they didn't even put any effort into it nope There is no bodgy man. There is no bodgy bogeyman. I love this line from Barry here. Oh, I bet she wears crotchless panties and barks like a dog. <laughs> what a great line. <laughs> Ridiculous. 
Uh, let's see. We got uh, <clears throat> during uh, during production of Halloween Six, distributor Dimension Films was having budget issues with its other upcoming horror sequel, Hellraiser Bloodline, and reportedly mm. slashed a million dollars from Halloween Six's budget. <laughs> 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 to give poor, it to, to Hellraiser. This poor fucking movie is just <laughs> just so... Which I'll say this. With all of the absolute shit that happened during this movie and surrounding this movie and everything, I'm not saying they pulled off a good movie, but I'm surprised that the movie's as good as it is. Yeah. Because yep. with everything that's going on, you would expect this movie to be like made by Ed Wood at this point <laughs> yeah yep no i i actually think hellraiser bloodline is better than halloween sex now and that... and hellraiser bloodline takes place in space oh, that's what i was gonna ask that's the space one that's the space one yep i actually recently watched all of the hellraisers and so now uh, they're not bad i we'll, we'll have to do those because i honestly i i have only seen i think one and parts of two Mm-hmm. So yeah, some of the later ones are he's good. now looking for his van. Yep, this is different. And this is right here, this shot. So yep. you get the shot where it says Smith's Grove uh sanitarium. So that and, in the in the theatrical he gets in his own van. What we think is his we own. We think van. they don't they don't imply that he's getting into the wrong van. Correct. So he gets into what everybody just assumes is the right van. Mm-hmm. Because why wouldn't he? Right. So he gets into the correct van, and for some odd reason, Michael Myers is in his van. Yep. But it makes so much more sense that he gets into the wrong van, and Myers is in there. Myers is in the Smith's Grove van, and then the camera pans and show us that the van is on the other you know, a couple parking spots away, and he was just in a hurry to get in the van. He was on the cell phone. He wasn't paying attention. He gets in the wrong van. Like, who gets in the wrong car? I mean, yeah. I understand a van's a van, but, like, it has your logo on the front. It has your logo on it. I feel that, like, as soon as you, like, open the the door, you would – the smell would be different. Uh, yeah. You know, like – your McDonald's bag isn't on the floor that you left there. Like, right. Right. Yeah. I could be, I could mistake another Camry for my Camry. If it's the same Camry, mm-hmm. but as soon as I got close enough and I saw the inside of the fucking camera, I'd be like, this is my fucking car. Yeah. All right. So they're back at the Strode Myers house now. Just like now, in the and, and the reason that they cut out, they cut that scene where he's getting into the wrong van is because it shows you the the sanitarium logo, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that gives away. It gives away what would be coming. And, you know, but in this one, you're already told that Myers is, you know, like you're not told that Myers is. Well, no, you are, because when they load Michael into the back of the truck. Right, yep. Right? When yeah. they steal Jamie in the very beginning, so... Yeah, it says Smith's Smith, Grove. It says Smith's Grove, so then... But in the in the theatrical version, 
if you pay attention, you can see that the van that's chasing Jamie in the pickup truck says Smith's Grove on the side. Correct. So Correct. They, they didn't really spare anything. Fucking, ugh, what a mess. Let's see. This scene is slightly different. Yeah. In the theatrical, I think she only says it once. Yeah, she's... In the theatrical, she's not singing. No, she's just saying it's yeah. raining. It's raining. It's raining red. Which, the singing is better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it makes more sense that, like... Which, I don't even know why they would change that. It's such a stupid thing to change. Yeah, it is. Oh, we don't want her singing. Let's reshoot it and have her saying it. Yeah, but... You're Tommy Doyle. <laughs> it makes sense. You're a little kid, like... So that's it. Like, oh, mommy, it's raining. It's raining red. Mommy, it's raining. <laughs> and then John Strode shows up and punches her in the face. <laughs> Shut up, you little bitch. <laughs> you little bastard. <laughs> he just, He's John Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> you listen to me, you little bastard. <laughs> and then he just smacks her. <laughs> Gives her stop, a bloody nose. Stop that singing, you little bitch. Let me show you how we do things around here. <laughs> Let me show you how we do things in Scotland. <laughs> During product, uh, sorry, many of the crew have gone on the record to state that director Joe Chappelle told them from the outset that he didn't like the Halloween films and was only involved in this project because it got him a three picture deal with Miramax. His next two films after this were both Miramax releases. <laughs> uh, I now I'm interested to see his his next what, two films. Uh, yes, I want to know what he, what else he got to direct. Yep. So let's let's check this out. Joe Chappelle, director. So there's nothing out of the ordinary happening right now. Right, yeah, it's just ahead. the you, theatrical you the, stuff. You run this, and I'm gonna. The shower scene, Michael's outside the shower. So here, uh, a caller on the Barry Sims show has a discussion that ends in Barry mocking the idea of Michael Myers in space. A few years later, and while this isn't a Michael Myers movie, Jason Voorhees gets sent into space. (laughs) And the future in Jason X. So he did Halloween, the curse of Michael Myers. Okay. He then he did Hellraiser Bloodline. Oh, so he he did Hellraiser. And he did Phantoms. I don't know that one. Uh, let's see. It's uh, from a Dean Koontz novel. Oh. The uh, film takes place in a peaceful town in Snowfield, Colorado, where something evil has wiped out the community. It's up to a group of people to stop it or at least get out of Snowfield alive. Hmm. So uh, even though stuntman George P. Wilbur reprised his role as Michael Myers, uh, once reshoots took place, Wilbur was replaced by A. Michael Lerner as director Joe Chappelle found Wilbur to be too bulky. Okay. That's why there are multiple men playing Michael. And in the reshoots, Michael is a little thinner. Yes. Because there's somewhere I'm like, God, Michael is very, very large. Yeah. Yeah, almost like obese. Yeah, like he's he's a hefty boy. He's, he's a large, a large boy. boy. 
typical large boy. Typical dirty typical salesman. dirty large boy. <laughs> <laughs> so, director Joe Chappelle said that he was he didn't like the Halloween fans or uh, films. Daniel Farrens was a longtime fan of the series. He had compiled a notebook filled with research on the series, including a timeline, bios of every character, a family tree of the Myers and Strode families, and research on the runic symbols of Thorn that had appeared in Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Also, Peter Jackson was asked to direct. Who, who's Peter Jackson? Peter Jackson did uh, King, the new King Kong. Peter Jackson did. He's he's a, he's an amazing director. Um, oh, okay. But yeah, the the King Kong with uh, Jack Black and oh, Adrian okay. Brody. Yep. Um, let's see. He did the the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this scene's the same. Yeah. Goes up, uh, yeah Vera she's... goes into the room to see her uh, her brother and brother's girlfriend, right? Yep. Yep, and they're all dead. Dead in the bed. The original co- uh, conception of the thorn cult apparently was much more in vain of Roman Polanski's vision of the Satanist in Rosemary's Baby more mundane in real life as opposed to what Daniel Farrens has called the Temple of Doom version in the final film with underground layers, altars, and robes, and hoods. That would have been so much better if they were more along the lines of Rosemary's Baby where they're pretty normal fucking just, people. Right, they're just normal people. And then you find out, like, what the fuck? You're all part of a weird cult? Mm-hmm. And they kind of do that a little bit, like Mrs. Blankenship... Yes, but but they have all these fucking they're un- underground lairs and they've got robes and candles and giant stone altars and yeah, like the Temple of Doom. Yes. <laughs> right. So there, that looked like a big, big Michael. They originally wanted Christopher Lee to play uh, Dr. Wynn. Yeah. There's bulky. There's bulky Michael. Big old Michael. That's that's me. (laughs) That's me is Michael Myers. (laughs) That is a large, large boy. Large. Very large. That's Bob Backlund in there. Yes. Large boy. Wow. Take a tumble. Now, where is Tommy driving from? Oh, he him was and, at the campus party right, thing. Him and Loomis were at the party. Yeah. Daniel Farron stated in an interview that Joe Chappelle used little to no ideas from his script. He had completely rewritten the entire third act, which included a completely confusing, different ending. Daniel's original script dealt more with the cult and the rune of Thorn. Hmm. Sadly, Donald Pleasance died as the film headed into reshoots, and Farron recalls the body double they had on set at the time. It was 
it was this very strange moment where you kind of looked at him and wondered, is he back? <laughs> so they were they were still doing reshoots after after Loomis died. Loomis died. Like, like, well, we'll just use a body double, like, and just shoot him from behind. Yeah. If he just holds a cape up to his face, it worked in Plan Nine from Outer Space with Lugosi, so it'll <laughs> fucking work now. <laughs> Put something in the story saying that his skin grafts fell off. <laughs> he had now he looks sur- different. He had plastic surgery to make himself unrecognizable to Michael Myers, <laughs> so he could take him by surprise. <laughs> Even though Michael Myers is supposed to be in his late thirties, George P. Wilbur, who plays him, was fifty-four. <laughs> well, it doesn't really matter. So now Loomis is up in Tommy's room. Many of Donald Pleasance's scenes were edited out of the film because Joe Chappelle found him boring. <laughs> so I know we spoke about this before, but this is throwback to the 78 when Lori is pounding on the neighbor's door and they turn the lights off on her. Yep. And Tommy opens the door in the original too. Yes. Yep. All right, the baby's gone, and they're blaming Dr. Loomis. Nobody do except me and and the bus driver. <laughs> the man at the, the supermarket behind me in line, the cashier, the bag boy, my, my dentist. <laughs> I, I told my grandma. <laughs> and and my great granny. The telemarketer on the phone. There's a strange cowboy that I've been talking to a lot. I told him, the lady on the 900 number. <laughs> he just keeps going off. They're like, all right, all right. No, there's more weight. <laughs> I told this cult about it. <laughs> I called the cult. <laughs> they were on the 900 number, too. <laughs> In January 1995, Entertainment Tonight aired a segment on the making of this film where it was reportedly called Halloween 6, Michael's Back. The film was never released in any territory with that name. (laughs) That's weird. Yeah. All right, so they're down in the, the dungeon again with Kara tied up on the table. This is not in the theatrical version. No, correct. Correct. In the theatrical version, the next time we see Kara, she's locked in room 237 in the hospital, which is a, you know, a reference to the shining. I feel, I feel like I've been drugged. Yeah, we've been drugged. They just just tell you this shit. I love it. That's probably my favorite line in the fucking movie. I feel like we've been drugged. Yeah, we've been drugged. (laughs) Just now you know. We have to tell the audience because it doesn't make any sense that, like, all of a sudden, like, everything just changes. (laughs) 
I love the employee entrance. It looks like absolute horse shit. Their facility <laughs> manager is awful. <laughs> Loomis with his fucking sweater and his wool jacket. Does he have a scarf on, scarf too? on? Yeah. He's so cold. Just, every scene, he has more layers on. <laughs> he looks he looks like Joey and Friends when he wears all Chandler's all clothes. All Chandler's clothes. Can I be wearing any more clothes? Loomis <laughs> <laughs> is just confused. The evil could be destroyed, and he just like stares blankly he's like oh, wait he's here. wearing like slacks and combat boots <laughs> he's so senile it wasn't this wasn't even a costume this is just what donald pleasance would show up in it, it could be i mean he was ill during filming of this yeah so maybe they had to keep him warm maybe why why now win <laughs> Why now when you know me, I'm Samuel. They're like, what? Michael. <laughs> All right. So this whole scene is not in the theatrical. Right, right, either. right. So we're at the point now where the next fucking 10 minutes, basically, are not in the fucking theatrical. Right. We're we're coming down to the end here and this is this is completely original footage. So you've yeah, got Yeah, this is yeah, this is producer's cut. Right. You've got uh Tommy following the strange monk the, dru- the druid through the, the hospital. The druid priest through the hospital. And you've got uh Wynn beginning to explain this odd plot to Sam where the the curse is going to pass on, but we'll we'll see that more later. Yep, and he wants Sam to be Michael's keeper. Yep, right, right. Is that it? Yes, yeah. That's eventually how it ends up. So now Tommy is getting locked in the hospital, in. locked in. Yep, and he's still following the druid. Winds babbling on about yep, famine, war, a great plague. Signs we have to restore balance to the natural order of things. <laughs> Loomis is just confused as we are. Yeah. Michael? Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Wynn's talking about something that's all. Michael? <laughs> no, no, I'm Wynn. All I'm right, so Sam. <laughs> there we go. So Wynn protects right. Michael and watches over him. Yep. So he just admitted it. And now it's time for another... Now but it's time I, for you, Doctor Loomis. Yeah, but why? Why is it time for another? I mean, Wynn appears to be younger than Loomis. Yes. Uh, oh, <laughs> the druid's not even holding anything. He just punches Sam in the back. He of the gives head. him a double axe handle. Yeah, that's it. I hope that wasn't Loomis who took that fall. Oh God, no! That's probably the body double. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so it's Loomis's office now. Yeah, and it's time for another. So, yeah, it just doesn't make any sense why it's like, all right, now it's your turn to protect him. Like, 
dude, the dude is so fucking cripplingly old. Yeah, but but that's the the story. So they're passing the job of being Michael Myers' guardian on to Sam. Mrs. Blankenship. Mrs. Blankenship in her monk robe. She is very There's Eric Eric Bischoff standing next to her. <laughs> that baby is not a day old. <laughs> no, that, that's a, that's a big baby. <laughs> that is a large boy. Large baby, large infant child. They've burned so many candles. Look at all the wax. The wax there. is just running down the side. All right, so we've got all right, Dr. So Wynn. We're going to pause here for a yeah, second. Go ahead. There's a lot going on, so we're paused at 126.42. That's a great scene of Wynn's face. <laughs> <laughs> He's like the Frankenstein monster. That's great. So, all right, go ahead, Mike. You, you, you do the scene. All right, so we've got the altar. We've got Kara on the altar. In like a... May Queen outfit. Yeah. We've got Wynn standing over the altar uh, talking about the sacrifice of innocent blood. Dressed like the Undertaker a la Ministry of Darkness. Right, yep. To his right is Danny, the little boy. To his left is Michael Myers. Six foot ten. (laughs) Right, giant Michael Myers standing there very calm. And Danny's still in, like, his normal clothes, staring at his mother on the altar. Right. So. And then you've got, then you've got Paul Rudd on, like, a balcony. He's, like, in the scaffolding above them. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, like, in the Lincoln booth. Yeah. (laughs) uh, Evidently, they're going to get Danny to kill his mother. And take the place of of Michael. Michael. Yep, and, which is going to pass the curse on to Danny. But Michael hasn't killed the baby yet. So yeah, so Michael Michael still hasn't fulfilled... Oh, that's also... The baby is also on the altar, I believe. The baby's right? there, too. So apparently Michael's going to kill the baby. Danny's going to kill Kara. So that's it. So Michael will kill his last relative. Yeah. And his job will be done. Right. So now they're going to then pass the curse on to Danny for Danny to kill his family. Right. And Michael is so well behaved. Like he's, he's just hanging out. Yes. I mean, usually Michael kills anybody who's in close proximity to him. Correct. Which this movie gives you the explanation as to why there are times when he's not doing that because he's under control of the, like the rune of thorn or whatever. Right. Yep. I'm not saying it makes sense. I'm I'm not saying it's I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying it's explained. Which is funny because in the theatrical version, he massacres all of these followers. He is an absolute raging psychopath. He is a raging hormone. Yes, yes. He's a whore that moans. He is a moaning whore. <laughs> a raging moaning whore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're, <laughs> we're going to hit play here. Uh, one hour, 26 minutes, 42 seconds. Play uh, now. All right. So the there's old, the baby. The oldest 24-hour-old baby ever. Uh, yeah, that's a big baby. Danny, your journey begins. Danny's just like, all right. <laughs> yeah, Danny's stoned. Michael, your final sacrifice. Michael, you're on. 
The baby looks thrilled. Yeah. Like the baby's so happy. Yeah, the baby's like, sweet, sweet, sweet death. Take me now. <laughs> Michael! <laughs> and now she says, the baby's yours, isn't it, Michael? Now, what I don't get is why would they have Michael impregnate Jamie just to create another relative that he needs to kill? Yeah, that, they never really explain that. Why they doesn't? Why don't they just kill, kill Jamie? Just kill Jamie mm-hmm. when she's on the altar instead of having Michael rape her. Just yep. kill her, and that's it. Right. You could have spared this whole movie. So Paul Rudd has now gotten his Ministry of Darkness robe. Yeah. Um, from Mrs. the Ministry Blankenship's of having a fit. <laughs> I knitted those. <laughs> That's not yours. That's Charlie's. <laughs> so now they're running for their lives. Um, Kara's carrying a pillow. Michael is walking for his life. <laughs> He's moving. Speed walking. Michael has the strongest calves ever. Yeah. He just power walks everywhere. And with his shape, it looks like he's power walking to like the Dunkin' Donuts down the road. Yeah. He doesn't swing his arms. No. It's no. like he's carrying invisible suitcases. <laughs> yes. He's just weighted down. <laughs> so they can't get out. The door has now been sealed. Well, they they need Dr. Loomis there to shoot the the panel. So (laughs) Open, here come the magic acorns. That's right, the magic meatballs. meatballs. (laughs) Patty, you're the magic in my meatballs. Loomis is bleeding from his forehead, even though he was hit in the back of the head. Oh, (laughs) He busted a blood vessel. There he goes. There we go. He shot it. And thick-ass Michael Myers coming down the hall. And, I mean, he is thick. He is a beefy boy. He is. Let's see if we get another shot of him. Paul Tommy's Rudd with got his a fucking switchblade. Yeah, his fucking stiletto. So Tommy's using a magic spell to get these meatballs to hold Michael in place. Michael and... doesn't believe in magic, so he grabs no, he Paul. Doesn't. Michael's a non-believer. That's oh. He lets and go. Michael just lets go. All right. So here's here's a little thing uh, in the producer's cut. Chappelle suggested the scene where Tommy uses his magic acorns to stop Michael. And the quote from Chappelle is, I mean, they could have given us at least a special effect, a ring of light or something. For right. uh, Farron says regarding how the rune bit fails to play. <clears throat> the power of the rune stopped him. You got to love that line, says Ferenc. <laughs> <laughs> the power of the rune stopped him. And then Wynn, with his spurs, comes He's over. like, oh, shit. Oh, damn. The meat, <laughs> they the figured meatballs. out the meatballs. <laughs> Did you spill the meatballs, Michael? <laughs> that was dinner, Michael. The, the, uh, the cult is waiting for the meatballs, Michael. <laughs> okay, so that line, I have a little business to attend to here. Loomis also says that in the theatrical version. Except in the theatrical version, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> He just says it, and they just leave it in there, and they're like, fuck it. At least here, Michael and Wynn are still in the building. Yes. 
So Loomis is like, all right, I have business to attend to. Murdering Wynn and murdering Michael. Right, That's Loomis actually has is. something to do in the yeah, build. I'm going to go back in and I'm going to kill these motherfuckers. Yep. Look <laughs> at Loomis's face. My God. My God. <laughs> it, it had a period, too, so it wasn't even questioning it. Yeah. My God. My God. Just yelling at his body. Oh, he kicked the meatball. Oh, now he's going to get up. And the mask comes off, and it's Win. <laughs> Win doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> Win's confused as shit. And Sam says, Michael? <laughs> oh, his, his thorn... Tattoo transfers over to Dr. Loomis. And Loomis goes mad. <laughs> and that's the screaming we get at the end of the theatrical version. And there's Except the cowboy. There's there's Except Michael as the cowboy. Yes, the cowboy has the burned hands, and when it goes down to the shoes... He's just wearing boots and not the spurs. So you're so, led to believe that Michael has escaped. Now, here, when we see Wynn laying there, he's wearing Michael's boots. He's not yes, wearing he's the not cowboy wearing, boots. Yep, he's not wearing the cowboy boots. So where did the cowboy boots go? That, maybe they transferred onto Loomis's feet. Yes. And then, and then the, the jack-o'-lantern goes out. Jack-o'-lantern goes out. thankfully over. And that's the end of the movie <laughs> in memory of donald pleasance who killed himself after seeing this movie so at the end yeah it's it's the magic they're in oh, ha- hang the on a second hang yeah, on a ahead. second Kristen has a question oh yeah yeah do the people involved with making this movie actually recognize how terrible it is oh yes. yeah yeah they do actually they recognize? do yep the okay. producer the director and all the actors and actresses Yes, the, the, the producers and the directors admit how bad it is, and the actors and actresses want nothing to do with it. It's but, just like that dirty little secret that we... That typical dirty little secret. <laughs> now, anyway, you you were saying... Um, all right, so at the end of this, mm-hmm. uh, Loomis is, unbeknownst to him, standing in the runes, and... You know, obviously, Wynn casts the spell on him to mm-hmm. transfer the evil. Yep. Um, so that's it. That's, that's, you know, the curse. Now Sam is doomed to live with this curse. Right. Yep. In the theatrical, Michael murders everybody in the fucking hospital and then is beat to death by Paul Rudd. And then outside the hospital, Sam's just like, I've got some unfinished business to attend to. And then it just goes to the jack-o'-lantern and goes out. Uh, no, it goes to Michael's mask laying on the ground. Oh, that's, that's right. And we hear that the soundbite of Loomis screaming. Screaming. In the background. And then yes. it goes to the jack-o'-lantern. The, goes- the ending has absolutely no meaning. Yeah. We don't know what happened. Like, why is Loomis screaming? Is, is like Loomis screaming? Yeah, it's, it's, it's all up for interpretation i mean i i guess i could see it as loomis goes back in to go to the body of michael to obviously like all right cool finally it's over Mm -hmm. let me get the body 
and yep. the body's gone, the mask is there, and Loomis realizes it's not over, and he panics and screams like, oh, my God, like, I shot him six times, and, you know. Right. So. Yep. Um, so we got some more, uh, we got some more tidbits here. Um, I, I think it's cool to read all these because it's, this is a special movie. So we'll do something a little special. So, so very so, oh, it's special. so very, very special. Um, <laughs> let's see. Mike, do you have one that you want to read? Uh, no, go ahead. I'm, I'm right. looking. So th- this one is pretty stupid, but I'm, <laughs> I'm going to read it because they put it in as like an information tidbit. Mm-hmm. This is the only film in the series not counting Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, without Jamie Lee Curtis or Daniel Harris, who've been the main protagonist throughout the series. Although Jamie Lloyd's character is killed in the beginning, she's not played by Harris, and Jamie Lee Curtis does appear briefly in the opening of Halloween Resurrection. I think that's the stupidest thing in the world. Like, oh, this is the only one that doesn't have these two actors. Mm-hmm. Like, well, yeah. I mean... It's just stupid. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, the happy Halloween thing. The room in the sanitarium in which Kara is contained uh, and escapes from is 237. Same number as the infamous room in The Shining. Only in the Stanley Kubrick version, if you read The Shining book, it's actually room 217. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because <clears throat> Kubrick's weird and changed it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you got one that you want to read? Yeah. Uh, sure, we'll just go back see. and forth. Even if you just wanted to run the list. Body count 20. That's it? Mm-hmm. Actually, not even that's it. That's a, For the producer's cut? 20 people? Uh, I don't know if that holds true for the producer's cut. Maybe it's the theatrical? Because I, can't, yeah, I this, can't count 20. Yeah, this only is only good for the theatrical version. I don't know okay. how many... I mean, I, I don't know of any deaths that are in the theatrical that aren't included in the producer's cut. So All it's, of it's, the end, the hospital scene where he, like, murders, like, eight people. Okay, okay, yeah, the the massacre scene. Yeah. Farron was told that when they made part five that no one had any idea who the man in black was. He just walked in and walked through the movie, says Farron. One of the biggest things they wanted to have answered was the identity of the man in black. He decided to go back to the mythology of the first film and did so by bringing Dr. Wynn back. He was the one walking to the car with Loomis in the original 78. Yeah. Which you, yep. had already, you had already touched on that. Right. Um, uh, let me see. Um, for the role of Dr. Terrence Wynn, Mitchell Ryan was cast based on his performance in Lethal Weapon. Hmm. And he is. He's the, the villain from the, the villain. original yeah. Lethal Weapon. Uh, the writer and filmmaker's intentions with the script were to ultimately unveil what had kept Myers, Michael Myers alive and his reason for killing. They decided upon using the curse of the frozen meatball angle, which is the <laughs> concept that Myers had been under the influence of an ancient Celtic curse that drove him into murder all of his family members in the bloodline. Once this task was completed, the curse would be passed on to another young child. Which mm-hmm. obviously, we have, you know. We were able Danny. to deduce that with the producer's cut. Yeah. Uh, when Kara dives out the window in the theatrical cut, Ferens sees it as the movie diving in quality, too. <laughs> he also believes that even the producer's cut remains troublesome from that point onward. 
Uh, I would argue that the movie is really bad even before she dives out the window. <laughs> yeah, I think the movie. I think the movie is just bad. Yeah, in general, it doesn't get worse. It just stays a steaming pile of shit. Yeah. Yep. Uh, let's see. Farron's original script featured a much grander and deeper conspiracy story that ultimately revealed much of the town of Haddonfield was in on the mystery. He also allowed a third act for the character of Jamie that brought her face to face with the shape once again for a final battle. Hmm. I would have hated that so much more than this. If you get into it, we're like, oh yeah, Haddonfield's all in on it. Like the whole town is like, I hate that shit. Yeah. I really fucking hate that shit when like everything is just bizarre. Mm -hmm. Like what the fuck is going on? Right. (laughs) Nobody's reported this to like the FBI. Yep. Um, Haddonfield in the fall was played by Salt Lake City, Utah in the late fall, early winter. (laughs) And if you look somewhat closely, you'll notice snow-capped mountains in the background. Oh, wow. Nope, I never even paid attention to that. No. Um, Let's see. I got another one here. Go ahead. Uh, It is not explained or shown in any scene how Michael obtains his mask. Despite looking different from the two previous films' masks, it may be the same one, which was still intact at the end of Halloween 5. Some fans believe the followers of Thorne especially designed this mask for him. Uh, but it is possible he merely stole it from another store. Yeah. I I don't, I think it's just, they gave him a mask and said there it's Michael Myers. <laughs> I don't, I don't think much thought went into explaining where it came from. No, not at all. Not at all. Because like in order to, in order to explain where the mask came from, you would then have to throw out the original one where he's like, ah, some rope, some Halloween masks. Yeah. And then, I think at this point... And then you just, have to throw out the part four when literally Michael is in the fucking hardware store and takes the mask and off the shelf and puts it on and mm-hmm. Jamie backs up into the mirror or whatever. Yeah. So to me, this... No... It's, I, I think at this point they just gave him a mask and yeah, said it's Michael Myers. It's like Michael I mean, in H two O they don't explain where his mask came from. Resurrection yeah. they don't explain it. Resurrection he just has it. No, re- resurrection don't they explain it? Isn't the? Uh... Oh no, never mind. No, I thought he got it from the the fat guy who's obsessed with serial killers. Michael gives him the knife. He gives him the knife. Yeah. That's right. uh, I, it's funny, though, because at the end of H2O, he gets rid of his mask and puts it on the paramedic. Correct. And then the mask, the head gets cut off. Right. But at the beginning of Resurrection, he just he, has it. He just has another mask. Yeah. Yep. And and it would have like it would have made sense if they could just keep replicating the fucking mask or at least just get it relatively close to the original mm-hmm. because then you can just be like, Oh, he just, he went to a, fu- that's where he first got it in 1978 when he grabbed a mask off of a fucking rack at a, at a store. Yep. And as long as the mask always looks relatively the same because they don't look relatively the same. 
mm-hmm. if they look the same, that that you can just make that argument that like, oh, he just grabbed it. Really, he just keeps getting the same one. Like, well, maybe he just fucking likes it. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, makes sense to me. Um, here's a couple. The script went through eleven different drafts. <laughs> This is the only film in the series without an opening title sequence. The movie just starts. Mm-hmm. Um, and the symbol used in the film is suggested to be a druid symbol, thus Celtic. In reality, the rune thorn is actually Germanic. Aha. Uh-huh. Interesting. Um, the screenplay that famed horror scribe Scott Spiegel handed in dealt with a now homeless Michael Myers trying to find his way back to Haddonfield. So he could gain revenge on those who wronged him. Uh, Reportedly, when series producer Mustafa Akkad read this draft, he threw it across the room into a waste bin. I would, too. And uh, the Halloween 6 mask received much better reaction, um, with many praising how similar it looked to the original one. However, some fans said that the mask was too large and made Michael look like a bobblehead doll. (laughs) Or that the hair was too messy. Fans even said that the texture of the mask was too thick and lumpy, saying it looked like it was made out of clay or plasticine. Yeah, I could I, see that. I always thought that a little bit when I looked at the six mask. It kind of looked like paper mache or something. I felt, and I felt the same way about the part five mask, too. Mm-hmm. They both look a little, yeah, paper mache. Yeah. Let's see. Uh The script is loaded with references and nods to earlier Halloween films and other John Carpenter movies. The Strode parents are named John and Deborah after Carpenter and Deborah Hill. There's also a mention of the stomach pounder during breakfast, a nod to the fog. And the lady who runs the boarding house, Miss Blankenship, is after a character mentioned in Halloween 3. George P. Woodward is the first actor to play Michael more than once. The second is Tyler Maine in in the zombie remakes. Oh, yeah. Farron's originally hoped that Mike Myers, Austin Powers, would voice the radio DJ Barry Sims for obvious reasons. (laughs) The first Halloween movie where the sheriff of Haddonfield is not a main character in the movie. I don't know. I never really took the sheriff as a main character in... Like part one. No, I mean or he's part in, two. He's so, in the movie. He's in it. Yeah, like they. But mention, he's not a but, main character. Yeah, I don't. He's got in, like a, a handful part, of lines. Yeah, same in part two. I'm not like, oh yeah, he's a main character. No. Yeah, part four and five, the sheriff is in there, but he's not. I mean, I I'd say, say he's he's more of a character in part four than he is in one or two. Yeah, four and five, he's more of a character than one and two. Yeah. Yeah, that's that. That's a dumb fucking. I call bullshit on that one. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I think I'm up to just yeah. about up to where you are. Edgar Wright, a fan of the film, came across actress Mariah O'Brien as she was a painter working on his property, organizing a cast and crew reunion for a viewing party at the at his house of the film. Hmm. The first sequel in the series not to have a number or Roman numeral in the title. But that's not true. Isn't part doesn't part five not? Isn't part five not called part five? 
Or no, no I, maybe that's no. It's, it's called part five. Okay, it's yeah. So then it's part six that doesn't have the. Yeah, Halloween: The Curse of Michael Myers, and before it is Halloween Five: The Revenge of Michael Myers. It's the the Friday the Thirteenth that. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Don't put the the number. With it. Oh, okay. Yeah. The script originally opened with a montage of sorts featuring scenes from earlier films to bring us up to speed. It's kind of like part five opens with the ending of part four. Yeah. Uh, God, yeah, they started doing like the Friday the 13th thing. Yeah. Uh, the screenplay that famed horror script. Nope, you already read that one. Never mind. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I think, we uh, pretty, I think we've got it covered. Yeah. Put the ending. Nothing else here is of much interest. <laughs> the second Halloween to go straight to VHS in Australia. Yes. <laughs> <clears throat> Magic acorns. <laughs> well, that's cool. In the T-cut towards the end of the movie, the red light tunnel with the pipes on the walls was also featured in Maniac Cop 3. I've never seen that. They're, they're, they're ridiculous movies, but they're good. They're great. Yeah. Bruce Campbell's. Oh, okay. Michael's knife is an eight-inch Victorinox Forstner with rosewood handle. That is a very, very, very cool piece of information. Yeah. So anybody that's like, oh, I want that Michael Myers, that like, well, this is what it is. How, how do you even know that? What's that? Like, how does somebody look at that knife and know that? Well, if you're a knife, it's like you with guns. If you're a knife person, you're like, oh, shit. And you catch like... And I only know this because I'm a, I was a fucking butcher. Um, Victorinox has symbols on the blade. Like, um, yeah, they're not not a super noticeable knife, but they're noticeable in like the cutlery world. Maybe yeah. not in like a knife collector, but in the cut, cutlery world, Victorinox, Forstner, yeah, they're uh, they're top quality knives. That's what that's what I used when I would cut meat. When does Michael even pick up a? knife in this movie he murders jamie with it oh that's right and then that's the right. doctor pulls it out of her chest like huh i think i found the problem yeah so ladies and gentlemen that is halloween six the unrated producer's cut i'm so glad we're done with halloween oh six <laughs> i'm so glad so at least at least the next one that we're going to do Obviously, it's going to be H2O. Um, I like H2O. I do, too. I think it's, it's, a, it's a solid newer movie, and I think something that was great about it, which I never really – I didn't get at the time because I hadn't seen all the other ones. Um, it was a – I guess you could say return to form kind of deal. Yeah, you, know, you bring back Jamie Lee Curtis. It's you know you're back to classic, you know, kind of Halloween deal. Yep, it wasn't as stupid. Yeah, they didn't because try you know to you had this and try to do this. They were like, let's just go back to a formula that worked. Yeah, Jamie, you had you know, Laurie four, five, Michael. and six, which were all really goofy. Yep, and yeah, then they were uh, trying. Yeah, and H two O feels real. 
Yes. Almost. Yep. Um, oh, just for your knowledge, Dr. Loomis's revolver is a Smith & Wesson Model 10. Yes. Yes, so. I read that. Yep, there you go. And I, when we were watching part uh, part five, I had mentioned that they somebody had said it was a forty five or a nine, but then right, it's somebody it's like had said that it was something. a someone said that it was a Colt forty five, yeah, which is wrong. Yes, and, and told uh, me the the real one. Right, it's a Smith and Wesson six thirty nine. Okay, and uh, that was on Internet Movie database where they oh, had it, it wrong yeah yeah and then you said that you check it against like guns and media or something what's it called uh internet movie firearm database oh okay <laughs> which has his gun in part four as the smith and wesson 639 which is right but internet movie guns also has it as the cult 45 in part five okay which is wrong because it's the same gun <laughs> that he uses in part four. Like the gun doesn't change from one movie to the next. It's the exact same gun in the, the platinum finish with the ivory handles. It's the same gun. And, and who has it listed as two different guns? Uh, IMDB or the internet. I, no, movie IMDB. Gun I don't know what IMDB says about the gun in part four. Okay. I know in part five, they have it as the Colt 45. Okay. But the firearms database has the correct gun for part four, the Smith and Wesson, but part yep. five, they have it listed as the Colt, but it's the, oh, same, okay. it's the same gun in both huh. movies. And they're right. The first time. Right. It's, but it's, it's the a Smith, Smith and Wesson. Wesson. Yeah. And there's a scene in uh, part five where he flips the light switch with the gun, like multiple oh. Yeah, when he's down, he's down in the basement. Right, and you can yep. clearly see the gun, and it's it's not a cult. <laughs> so that they do have it wrong. Interesting. Very interesting. But anyway. Anyway. It's still interesting fact. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's it, folks. Um. If you watched it with us, uh, if you if you purchased it to watch with us, that's cool. Um. Uh, when I was when I was doing a little bit of research, when we were just dicking around uh, looking for cool facts, uh, it is available on Vudu, which is not a streaming service, but it's you can buy digital movies. Oh, okay. So you can download that on your PS4, your Xbox, or you know whatever. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that there's a, a website version of it as well. But uh, yeah, so you can purchase them. So you just have them in a digital library. But that is on there. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's not a good movie, but no. it's, if you're a fan of the Halloween series, it's worth watching. Yeah, just just to say that you've watched it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, not to be like, oh, God, you got to see it. It's ugh. both. It's, both it's bad. Yeah, both versions are a train wreck. This one is just a more understandable train wreck. Mm -hmm. So it just makes more part, sense. <laughs> part six. Part six is just watching a train derail. Part six producer's cut is realizing that the conductor had a heart attack. Then you watch the train derail. Like it's the same pile of shit. You just, you just learn a little bit more about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a great way to put it. <laughs> it's, oh God. It is something else. Yeah. So, 
Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's it. Uh, join us next week. We're going to do Halloween H2O. We get uh, a little bit of a return to form with Laurie Strode and Michael Myers before we dip back into the cesspool the of <laughs> shit and we go to Halloween Resurrection. Resurrection. Um, and then we're going to go back into some cool stuff. I am quite the fan of the zombie part one and two. I I really enjoy them. I really don't give a fuck what any other Halloween fan has to say about it. You included, Michael. <laughs> I know how you feel about Rob Zombie movies. It's it's not the movies themselves. It's, it's Rob. Just, it's well, it's not even him. It's because I like him, but it's just the the scripts are so bad. Yeah, like they're so cheesy. Yeah, that's what you were saying. But I, I, it's not the movies. I don't have issues with the movies. Like I don't have any issue with the way Myers is portrayed. Or I like that, like that he's this hulking monster of a man. I yeah. really like it. Um, yeah, I just I don't like the dialogue in any Rob Zombie movies. The right. dialogue is always so bad. <laughs> um, the the one thing that I don't like is I hate Rob Zombie has to be white trash in all of his movies. Oh yeah, he has to be the fucking most white trash people around, and he does it in all the fucking movies. And I'm just like, Ugh. I don't, yeah. I don't. I'm not a big fan of that. I don't mind it in the devil's rejects and you know, like the house of that whole trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't mind it there. It fits. They are white trashy Texas chainsaw massacre kind of scumbaggy people. Yep. Um, but to have the Myers family, like the, you know, William Forsyth wants to bang the daughter. Like it's yep. just, oh, maybe, maybe he's John Strode. And he's Maybe trying he to fuck his daughter, and then he's gonna have a bastard son, and not want to feed him breakfast, and and then Michael Myers is gonna make his own baby. Yes. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Okay. <laughs> oh, I have to stop before my head explodes. It sounds even like, worse when you think about it like that. <laughs> I know. I know. It's just like, what's going on? What is going on in this movie? It's even explained, and I'm still like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Oh, God. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, happy Halloween 6 unrated producer's cut, The Curse of Michael Myers, Halloween 666, Michael's Back. The uh, what, was the, uh, what was the other name that they had it? Oh, God, I don't know. You said the, the beginning, the, the beginning, origins of Michael origins Myers. Of, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's Halloween part 666, The Curse of Michael Myers, uh, colon, the origin of Michael Myers, the unrated producer's cut. The unrated cursed origins of... Of the producer cut of Michael Myers, Halloween part 666. Yes. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Be sure to catch us next week. Same horror time. Same horror channel.